0: Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Hey, friends, I am here with Father Matt Jordan. Hello. And Corwin Miller. Hello. Corwin is in our RCIA program and. Father Matt is running RCIA, and I've helped out a little bit here and there every once and again. And we both got to hear Corin's story, and we want to share that with you. It is uh, sometimes joyful, sometimes tragic story with ups and downs. It's just interesting. And Father Matt had the idea to share it, uh, have Corin share it, and uh, I, w- I was all on board, right? but uh, But first, before we get to it, Give us a little teaser, Corman, okay? In a few words, or maybe one phrase or something, how would you title this life story that has brought you to this point right here?
1: Uh, Challenged, but very, very blessed.
0: Awesome. And we're going to hear all about it. But first, Father Matt, before we hear his story, you know, it's really great. We've got 13 people coming into the church at Easter
2: 13 adults and we're so blessed um we've been on a journey um, really uh since around september and then a couple people come along the way we have five that are actually going to be baptized at the easter vigil and then we have eight like corwin who are going to make a profession of faith because they were baptized in another faith and will receive confirmation first holy communion at the easter vigil so i'm so excited for that some of you may know, but some of you may not. RCIA stands for the Right of Christian Initiation for Adults. So it's those who are coming into the faith. And really, we're so blessed to have so many different stories. Uh, we have a few people that are preparing to be married and they wanna be Catholic before their wedding, which is a really cool way. And that's probably maybe more of a typical normal way. That's my, my father's story, actually. He entered the faith, he became Catholic before the wedding for my, with my mom. Um, but we also have a few people in our, in our RCIA that um, have really been coming here or coming to a Catholic church and they're just like, you know what? It's time. I've been coming with my spouse who's Catholic. It's time. And so that's really kind of a cool element to our RCIA group as well. And then Corwin's story kind of fits into
1: both a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's That would certainly be true is that my story does fit into both. I'd say... In a lot of ways, the first steps towards becoming Catholic were with my first wife, Melanie. Um, she was raised in the Catholic Church and was a very strong Catholic. And um, just through the way things worked out, we got married actually in the Presbyterian Church, which is where I grew up in faith. Uh, but we were both very strong Christians and very much in love and very much a, a blessed marriage of love uh, in God's sight. And we were, we were extremely happy about that marriage. Uh, and the next step in that Catholic journey really came after Melanie passed away. So my, my first wife, Melanie, and I were married for a few years, about six years, and we were happy and excited and expecting our first child in the world, our daughter, Elsa. Um, and, you know, kind of through circumstances beyond our control, Melanie passed away from, from complications of childbirth. Huh. Um, and so the the two of us went into church it was a, or went into into the hospital um, it was a bit of a rushed experience in the hospital but we came we went in expecting to come out uh, as a family of 3 uh, and I and I walked out of the hospital with just my daughter Elsa uh, and uh, was setting up a funeral and everything else for my wife yeah. at the same time and uh, it was very challenged but it was also A blessed moment in that as I was going through all of this God had everything I needed right when I needed it. It was a moment of what do I do now? Oh here's everything you need. Um, It was I wasn't expecting to be the only guy changing the diapers and I was expecting to learn (laughs) the types of things as I go and oh here's the people who are going to show you how to do that and oh um, you know my my in-laws, my Melanie's parents were there to help me out and my mom was there to help me out and I had everything I needed and then it was maybe some financial challenges. And then suddenly something would change and, and I'd have not more than I needed, but just what I needed. And every moment God's was there to just backfill what I needed. And there was I'm not gonna say it was easy. There was there was days and days where where all I wanted to do was just not get up and do things, but there was always just that strength. And at night, there was the quiet and the opportunity to pray and say, "What am I? What am I doing?" And so that was the the next kind of step towards journeying towards Catholicism, and the fact that Melanie wanted Elsa. Melanie and I both agreed that Elsa was going to be raised in the Catholic Church. So about
0: well, d- weeks, didn't didn't Melanie also have? I thought. I remember you saying something like she had a yeah, journal.
1: She, she had a journal
0: like that laid out a bunch of instructions for the future yeah, yeah, of like no, how to take care of the child.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she did. She had this, she had this book of instructions that, you know, included what school Elsa was going to go to. Um, wow. That included, you know, a laid out plan for the first two or three years. And I don't know, you know, if she thought that there was something that was going to happen or if she was just planning and getting ready. But I had an instruction book for the first two years of, of Elsa's life of places to go and things to do. And, you know, um, all, all these, these, you know, people who are going to be important. Uh,
2: that, that's actually a really cool gift because I know that, uh, in the grieving process, um, a lot of people really spend a lot of time trying to figure out the will of their loved one, especially when something happens suddenly. So you kind of even had that a little
1: bit with, uh, with your wife. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely had that. It, it made it a lot easier.
0: So was this a crisis of faith for you during this tragedy? Were you questioning God? Were you angry at God? Or were you just, you know, I don't even know. Maybe you didn't even have time for that.
1: <laughs> no, actually, it, it's funny you mentioned that. It, I, I wouldn't say that it was a crisis of faith. Um, and in fact, when we um, when I walked out with with Elsa out of the hospital – um it was a I wouldn't say it was an easy it was not easy, but actually the the first thing that I did before I actually went out of the hospital was took elsa in her in her baby carrier to the hospital chapel, and just her and I wow and I prayed with with Elsa right there in that chapel <laughs> um because I shouldn't have had Elsa because what, what should have happened with what happened to Melanie is I should have come home and they both should have passed away. Hmm. But what happened was my mom was there and thought that there was something wrong and took Melanie to the hospital. And because of that, I had Elsa. Yeah. Um. So actually, even before we, we, Walked out of the hospital together, Ellis and I went to that little chapel, uh, and then walked out from there. Huh. Um, so it wasn't wasn't what I would call a crisis of faith, as much as it was clinging as hard as I could to whatever faith I had to get me through that moment.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and it was really all I had to go on in those first few days. Yeah, uh, it was it was looking into that, and it was you know, and then going through and the Melanie being buried, well, put in the mausoleum. And um a good friend of mine, Father Sean Ralph, uh at the cathedral, was with me every step of that way and um prayed with me and, and we talked through things. And he did Melanie's funeral. And he actually, because we I mentioned we got buried in the Presbyterian church, he did the sacrament of marriage um for Melanie and I on her hospital bed when she wasn't conscious, but still the sacrament of marriage so that we could be blessed and married in the catholic faith as well as having been married in the presbyterian so we went through that together Hmm. um which was an important thing you know Melly wanted we were actually gonna gonna get married again in the catholic church eventually Mm -hmm. um especially for elsa so we we got that done that was important Hmm. and i remember you telling me this
2: and again um so when i just kind of for knowledge. So I, I meet with everybody that's going to be in RCA and I kind of ask you, just tell me your story. And when I met with and I was just like, this is an amazing story. Um, I remember you saying something about after your wife had passed away, how you started coming here.
1: Yeah. So, so about three weeks after um, Melanie passed away and Elsa was born, um, my mom had actually recently joined um, St. Basil herself and mm-hmm. converted into the, into the Catholic faith. And she said, well, you said you were going to raise Elsa in the Catholic Church. Maybe it's time you could just start going to church with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first couple of times I went with her, and then sometimes it didn't work out that she could go, and it was just me and Elsa mm-hmm. um, showing up together. Um, and it was about, I'd say, three weeks after that, Elsa and I started going to the Catholic Church together. Uh, and, you know, after a while, I started to talk to some other people in the church, and Said, oh, yeah, this is my daughter, Elsa. And you get those questions. Well, where's where's her mom? And I'd have to explain kind of what happened. And and everybody who we sat near, everybody in the church was was incredibly kind and loving and generous um, with their, you know, do you need any help? Do you need this? Um, And it was a constant feeling of being blessed uh, every time we were in the church. Um, and, and Elsa learned to walk and stumbled up and down, um, um, the, the center aisle sometimes through father Walt's homily, and, uh, would, would get picked up by other people. It was, it was a, it was a blessing. It was a, I'm accepted here, even though I'm not Catholic and I can walk through a communion and I can get a blessing while holding Elsa and we can get us both blessed and, mm-hmm. And go through her, and that's what we did. Um, and that's what we did together, her and I. For well, her and I, and like I said, my mom would be there too a lot mm-hmm. of the time, and mm-hmm. uh, we'd just be there, just the three of us, and listen to the homilies and learning to experience the Catholic faith that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after seven years of of doing that, uh, it, it became time to to join the Catholic faith. Um, or, you know, become a Catholic. Um, but, in, of course, in between then, I, I met another beautiful woman, um, Kristen, and we got married in the Catholic faith, mm-hmm. in the cathedral, uh, and she had lost her first husband um, due to a heart condition. Mm-hmm. And so we became, you know, kind of instant fit for each other and, and blessed um, in marriage again, and blessed in marriage in the Catholic faith. And then blessed with with more daughters um so now i have four daughters um and i can tell you that that was a singularly terrifying experience um to be going through the the child birthing process again with with oh yes Um, and that was a um another part you know again having to cling to faith and be like okay we got this. This is this is going to go better this time. And and there was a lot of, I'd say if I was if there was an area where I, I had a period of time when I was more afraid and more doubting, I think it would be going into that mm-hmm. next childbearing experience.
0: Yeah, um,
1: because now it was enough time to step back and think about it. But I I had to spend a lot of time in prayer and say, okay, this is going to be something that works out. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. There were some challenges. Through
0: that,
1: you know, um, oh, for, for sure. Me, um, not as much, and Kristen too. But you know, she would she would say something like, "Oh, I don't feel well." I'm like, All right, which hospital are we go?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> take your pick. you have a list? Yeah, right. So,
0: and you had mentioned Father Sean Ralph, and how did you know him? You knew him growing up?
1: Yeah, Father Sean Ralph and I grew up together. He was he was my brother's best friend um, growing up through high school, and I hung out with him quite a bit too. Um, and yeah, he was, he's always been a very good friend. Um, he's been the person who's kind of been in the background whenever I had a question about Catholicism, you know, mm-hmm. pull up Sean and be like, so I understand my Protestant upbringing and the position here. What's the Catholic church and, and somebody I can debate with and talk about
0: and talk to? Yeah, because you got, yeah, so you're around the same age. Yes. And so you were friends long before he was a priest. Yeah. And he's he just sort of pops up at a couple different points in the story.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he's he's somebody like I said I kn- I, I know and I trust. Um, but as a friend and then as a priest, and he was uh, he blessed like I said our marriage, um, Melanie and I's marriage. Um, he did the daughters, the three younger daughters' um, baptisms. Um, so uh, in the cathedral, and he did our wedding ceremony. Uh, in the cathedral mm-hmm. um, and uh you know I, he he was also probably he was a big part in um my mom becoming catholic too and huh. and actually um when my dad got sick and was was dying of cancer um he went and he was the the person who prayed with my dad and who was with my dad through that process even though dad was was never catholic so i think he might have had that Last minute conversion experience himself. Um, my dad was Presbyterian, but mm-hmm. he's he's been a friend and a spiritual kind of advisor, certainly for the for at least myself and and that side of the family. So, wow!
2: Thank you so much. Uh, it's such a I, this is now the second time I've heard this story all the way through. I've heard bits and pieces. Um, and you, uh, I love your sense of humor. You always bring to the group. So. Tell me about your time when you were getting married, preparing to get married with uh, your second wife, with Tristan.
1: Oh, <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun. You know, it it was a great time. I mean, we we went through. Uh, we had to go through the the uh, pre-cana again, mm-hmm. and so the pre-cana experience, which is a blessing. I mean, yeah. you've got to actually actually go through it and understand, you know, what it is that you're getting into in marriage, um, and. But pre cana 2 is a different experience. So that's for people who are on their, their second marriages. Um, and so the two of us got in there and there was a whole big class on why your previous marriage failed. And then they asked us to fill out paperwork. And we each wrote they died <laughs> um, and turned it in. Which I think kind of upset the direction of the class a little bit. Yeah, they're, They kind of looked at it, okay, they're you know because they're going through this phase. they died and then they looked at both of us like, yeah, we both lost our, our first spouses um, yeah. unexpectedly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which which I think made some challenges for the for the people teaching the class. Oh sure, sure. Um, it was fun to watch them change gears. <laughs> the rest of everything went went reasonably smoothly. Yeah. Um, you know, we we had a beautiful wedding ceremony uh, at the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was. You know, if, if you say that you know your wedding is the best day of your life, then I've had two best days of my life, and I think Kristen would agree that she had two best days in her life. and uh, And then we went over to the Cleveland Indian Stadium because we we love uh, baseball, and we did our our uh, our uh, reception, reception there. Yeah. So.
0: Huh. I didn't even know you could do that.
1: Yeah, you well, we can, can rent out a little space.
0: And- oh, cool.
2: So, listening to your story, one of the things uh, we've been doing at RCIA since the beginning in September is I asked the question, what is your reason for joining the Catholic Church? And I think it's uh, so we did it in small groups. I've done it throughout. We're going to do it a little bit more. Some of our people in RCIA love small groups. Some of us hate small groups. But uh, it's a really good question to see because you had seven years. So why Why now? Why
1: this year? So um, what happened was uh, Melanie's funeral service was done at Saint King, uh, which was the church that she grew up in, it's where she went to elementary school. Uh, it was, you know, the the place where she grew up, and it was an amazing church for her experience. And so we did her funeral service there. Uh, and I walked out of the funeral service, um, and when I was when I was in there, I I kind of made a promise to God that someday. I will probably join the Catholic church or I will join the Catholic church because that was the church that was there for me in this, in this moment with with, uh, Sean and my friends and and my family. Um, And I walked out of the the church and then never set foot in St. Colin kill again uh, until my brother-in-law and his now wife, Danny were were getting married. And so uh, they were, they're fantastic. They're wonderful. I love them. uh, And they were going to get married at St. Columkill. Uh, and they didn't know that was where Melanie's funeral service was, was at, but almost exactly seven years to the day. they, uh, they asked me to be the best man in their wedding. And so the first time I was setting foot in St. Columkill again was at that rehearsal before the wedding service. And then the next day was the wedding service. And, uh, when i was in there and in that wedding service um and it it felt like i was called i was called at that moment that now is the time for you to come and become catholic Uh, and it fit because if you look at at the bible seven is a very complete number it's it's mentioned many times throughout and suddenly i'm here seven years almost exactly to the day and i'm feeling like it is time to become catholic uh and My wife, Kristen, who's very, very strong in faith as a Catholic, uh, has never pressured me to become Catholic, has never even even come up as a topic. Uh, But then after the wedding ceremony, the next day, said, you know, it's time for me to become Catholic. And she said, are you sure? Is this what you want to do? I said, yes, I'm sure. And and yes, it's time. And then uh, I contacted you pretty pretty shortly thereafter Mm -hmm. uh, to see if there was still RCIA classes going on and if I could join. And here I am. That's
2: such a beautiful uh, story. And I think that uh, sometimes we like to believe that there's coincidences and things. But I think God really was giving you, a, giving you a little message, a little nudge and asking to say yes. And I think it's really cool. I love your, your thing about seven being um, a perfect number in the Bible. And we could do a whole podcast on numbers in the Bible. There's lots of different numbers that mean a lot of different things. Um, seven was one of them, but also I just think seven years is also really good in the sense that on a human level that allowed you to spend time to heal, to mourn. And again, I'm sure it's never going to be easy always. It's going to still probably sometimes where you, uh, miss your wife, but to know that like this isn't just some knee jerk reaction to try to make it all okay. It's actually a decision that God has brought you to and that you really, uh, have almost, it seems like destined eventually to get there on a journey.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree, and and it's it's been an amazing journey to this point. I've been blessed, you know, to have um, two two marriages that have been amazing and are still amazing and wonderful. I've been blessed with uh, my oldest daughter Danica, which you know is is my daughter now with that was Kristen and Dan's daughter together, and I'm blessed with Elsa from Melanie and I, and and Charlotte and Eleanor, our two youngest daughters, um, that we were blessed with. Um, That we never really expected. You know, we were we were told we probably couldn't have children, and then,
0: oh really? Poof,
1: two more two more little girls. Um,
0: So each you each had a daughter from your first marriages. Okay. Yep. And they hit it off right from the start.
1: Yes, they did. The the first time we introduced Elsa and Danica to one another, they're just like that
0: perfect. We're
1: sisters, and we don't want to. Now today, of course, they're growing. (laughs) <laughs> oh sure, sure so they're always they're always sisters but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first time they were introduced they were you know instant sisters if,
0: if yeah so and you guys are like well we're we're not ready yet there to uh <laughs> yeah, get yeah, married hold on they were <laughs> ready and you're like oh we still want to do this yeah <laughs> you know, it, was, it was probably a bit of that well that
1: was the second day they really met each other
0: and oh wow uh, we're
1: like oh okay that went well yeah who, who is um?
2: What's the little daughter that always is with you? So when we've done RCIA rights and things, who's the daughter that's that's usually with you?
1: That's Eleanor. Eleanor. Um, okay. That's our youngest. She is going to be two in a in a week. Um. So yeah, she's the one who's really attached right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then Charlotte is the next oldest one. She's she's three, almost four. Uh, and then Elsa, my daughter with Melanie, is seven uh and danica uh Kristen's daughter with dan is 13 so it's a wow it's a family it's It's a a family yeah Yeah. it's a a great experience they're they're the most amazing daughters all of them um and and really like i said have been
0: blessed with the most amazing lives Mm -hmm. well let me ask did you have any hesitancies when you're thinking about joining the church you know you could look and, and hear stories or look at Bad headlines and think, you know, this, this, this joint is just full of big old sinners you know, and we got all these flawed humans. Was that, did that play in at all to your decision?
1: Um, I would say it didn't really play in um, greatly. I would say the, the bigger challenge, I think, to me with joining, or becoming Catholic was the you know, kind of the upbringing and the, the being raised in a Protestant church. And, you know, these are the things that Catholics teach and then being able to go through the RCIA and understand and learn the things that Catholicism teaches and, and understand that it's truly in a lot of ways, the same faith. It's not the same, but it's the, the points are the same, but I would say that the flawed humans were all flawed. I mean, that's kind of the point behind church. Uh-huh. Um, and I would say that there are always people who are going to use positions of power to, abuse other people that's
0: just people yep um, no matter the organization
1: exactly
0: yeah awesome
2: very good so you wanted to do this podcast for a couple of reasons first off because you have such a great story i i'm so inspired again just hearing your story i heard it uh when i initially meet with people going to the rcia i kind of tell them sit down and say tell me your story tell me what's going on and i ran up from Hearing your story afterwards, and I went upstairs and Father Ryan was just trying to watch you at the end of the day. I'm like, Father Ryan, you have to hear this story about this guy. His name Corwin and he's really got a great story. And I think he kind of uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I think he just wanted to watch probably his TV, but it's like, <laughs> no, he didn't listen to my, listen to your story right then. Cause so I was so in awe of it then. Um, but I really also wanted to podcast cause to ask for prayers from the St. Basil community for our 13, um, cause they, all have great stories. I can tell you, we could actually, we could probably do a podcast with each and every person and we'll, seeing how God has journeyed them to where they are now. Um, and really, Lent is a specifically a time for those who are converting from the very beginning. Uh, we have evidence that Lent was a thing that was going on, but it was always originally tied with those who were becoming Catholic at the Easter Vigil. And then everyone else is like, hey, this is really cool. We should do this this penance thing. So if you're going to the 1130 Mass, you've already probably seen the two Sundays of light. We had RCIA rights. Um, We're going to have the three scrutinies coming up the next few weeks. And uh, also please uh, consider attending the Easter Vigil. Um, It's going to be a great time. 13 people coming in, including Corwin. And it's a beautiful time for conversion and watching God work. And 13 great stories of witnesses of people who have been journeying the faith that will be able to join our St. Basil community and the Roman Catholic Church.
0: So this is a time for all you listeners out there, maybe you've been Catholic for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, it is a time for you to do the introspection, for you to renew your baptismal vows, and to recommit again and say, I'm here because God is amazing, and to Him be the glory, and He, even though I didn't earn it, He made me. And He gave me life, gave me so many blessings, blessings even during the challenging, tough times of life. And I can be more thankful for that. I can do a better job. I can reach out more. So, Lord, please make us those people you created us to be and just look forward to that time when we're with Him in heaven because He did so much to open up those gates and He's got a room for each one of us with each one of our names on it. And uh, so that is a time to just rejoice in the Lord who defeated death and can defeat anything that we could ever go through as your story attests.
2: And if you know anyone that wants to become Catholic or you yourself, it's been a while. Maybe you're here all the time and you're just like, I don't know. It's just not maybe maybe, uh, next year's your year. Um, Maybe it's the perfect year. Maybe God's going to nudge you. Maybe this is the nudge that God uh, wants to give you right now. Uh, hearing Colwyn's story, hearing uh, about our great faith, and know that um, we're all on a journey and it goes lots of different ways, but that uh, I encourage you to really pray about it. If you're not Catholic, to consider becoming a part of our great community.
0: Yeah. Or if you know someone, you know, a, a non pressuring way to approach them as uh, someone who's not Catholic, family, friend, uh, or enemy, you know, um, is to just say, have you ever thought about becoming Catholic? Right, and uh they can say yes or no, but the fact that you ask them then it might be the first time, and so, so it could plant a seed it's it's less less intimidating than uh do you want to become Catholic right it's just have you ever thought about it and I know Father Matt, you're also going to be well, you're always looking for uh team members
2: so people I need a we have a great team um but we're a small small team right now, so if you're thinking about like I'd love to just to go each and every week, learn a little bit more about the faith, um, walk journey with people. We would definitely love that as well. Um,
0: yeah, these new folks coming into the church, they need, uh, connections and links to the parish, to the parish family. And you can be that, but you can also just be a great smiling, faithful, welcoming example of a good, happy Catholic.
2: We need lots of those.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Many, many millions or a billion. So uh, well, that thank you, thank you so much, Corn, for sharing the story and for you know just it's like such a credit to you that during these times of trial, you just you just got down on your knees and prayed and you said, "Lord, help me," and he he came and delivered. And that didn't mean he snapped his fingers and everything was great, but he was there and he's still with you. And then just the continuing to be open to listen to his voice, right? Yeah, I think
1: I think that's the. The most important thing is just don't give up faith. That's what I've learned. Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah. Awesome.
2: All right. So let's uh, let's end it for in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ever-loving God, we ask you to be with us today. We ask you to continue to bless us. We ask you to pray over Corwin's family, um, that he... And they may know your peace and your love. We pray for those who are also in RCA, those who are on the team. And uh, one of the things that we've been praying with a lot is, it sounds very simple and very basic, but the Our Father. So let's go ahead and close with the Our Father. Our Father.
0: Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy thy name. Thy kingdom kingdom come, come, thy will be done, on 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 earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day day our daily bread bread, and and forgive us our our trespasses. trespasses. As, As we, we forgive those who trespass, trespass against, against us, and, and lead us, us not, not to Jesus temptation, deliver, deliver us from, us from, from evil.
2: Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you.
0: And with and your be spirit.
2: You. Almighty God, bless you the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son. Yes. Thanks so much. God bless you guys. God
1: bless. Bless you. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.